Welcome back to episode 44 of the Fantasy Front Office Podcast for the week of June 25th, 2018. This week, diving into the ever-revolving closer carousel and young starting pitchers to add to your rosters. And now, entering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. I am front office Jer. I'm flying solo again this week in the front office, so I brought on some Twitter friends to guest host with me, and let's dive on in. First up tonight is one of our fanfrontofficepodcast.com writers. Daniel, introduce yourself to the folks. Hello, I'm Daniel Preciado. Uh, my Twitter handle is at DanJPreciado. And Dan wrote a, an article for us in the preseason about bullpens and who to be eyeing for, what was it, the All-Star break? The All-Star break, yeah. Yeah, who would be closing on each team by the All-Star break? Y- you've gotten quite a few of these right, and then there's some that nobody saw coming. Exactly. There's, there are a lot of teams that are still figuring it out with closer committees and such. Well, and there's even committees that we weren't anticipating here. Exactly. So let's uh, let's dive into the bullpen changes because we've had quite a few this past week. Uh, let's start it off in San Francisco. Yeah, Hunter Strickland <laughs> punches a wall. Decided to punch <laughs> a wall, broke his hand. I believe it's that boxer's fracture. Oh, um, and is out six to eight weeks. Who is taking over there in San Francisco? Well, Sam Dyson was given the first couple opportunities, even though he hasn't been the greatest. And, of course, he fails in the opportunities that he's given. (laughs) Melanson should get the job just because it wasn't that long ago he was one of the top closers in baseball. Uh, Will Smith has been great this year after missing all of last year. And Tony Watson, I don't know if they're going to take him out of that lefty role. I know Bruce Boshi loves to use him in that role, so we'll see what happens. But Dyson, if he continues to fail, I see Melanson eventually might say, hey, you know what? He's ready again and uh, welcome him back into the role. I agree. They just need to turn the keys back over to the guy that's had the most experience there and most success, even though he hasn't been what they anticipated when they signed him, but he's better than Dyson. Dyson's good in a setup role, but if you give him the keys with a lead and pressure... It's just not going to work. There was a year with Texas that he was good, and then last year he got so bad that now he's a giant. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, This one happened over the weekend. Aratus Vizcaino of the Braves. He is out for at least 10 days. And this is kind of a committee. Everyone is speculating. Will it be Minter? Will it be Winkler? Who are you seeing getting more here? Or is it going to be just a crapshoot? I know in my article I wrote that it would be A.J. Minter just because I love the stuff. But he has not had that great of a year this year. Although everybody in the industry seems to think that that he is the one that's going to take the, over the role while this guy, you know, is out. Dan Winkler's been great across the board. His numbers have been great. And he is a right-handed pitcher, which definitely helps his case. Uh, Brian Snicker, he would be very smart if he would use Minter in the same role that he has been uh, with Vizcaino 
the closer's role. Winkler, I think he could just take over. We don't know how long Viscaino's going to be out with shoulder inflammation, but I think they should just give the job to Winkler outright instead of carrying a committee. I would agree. Uh, he's proven himself to this point this year, kind of just came onto the scene, and has just run with it. Mm-hmm. High yeah, leverage situations, great. yeah. And he's been doing great with it. And ERA just barely over one, lights out. Yeah, uh, the strikeout rate's good too. And he's been, he had a blow up a couple days ago in Baltimore. He gave him four earned runs, he only got an out. But prior to that, he was just lights out. Uh, next on the list here, uh, this one finally got some actual news. We finally know what's happening with Roberto Osuna in Toronto. Uh, 75-game suspension without pay, backdated to when the suspension originally happened uh, in May. So he's going to be out till August 4th. Ryan Tapera has been holding down the fort. Do you see him holding the job or maybe finishing out the year i do i i think he's great um he he has been great this year with osuna out ever since they gave him the role um an era of 2.54 and a whip of 1.15 he's he's been good strikeout rate over nine yeah he's been he's been great while he's been out and i think osuna it's so long of a break that they will have ryan to for the remainder of the year or at least until september but then again that's only a month left and i don't expect the blue jays to be in contention so they may just let osuna sit out the rest of the year all right what do we do in tampa bay colome has been traded and it's kind of been a a romo show as of right now but there's a good chance he he gets moved as well as they're trying to cut costs who else in that bullpen could take over uh, Jose Alvarado, he's a lefty, which I don't know if they like. Johnny Venters, I, that is such a crapshoot right now. That uh, He just uh, went on the DL today, I believe. Really? Yeah. Oh, damn. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was late breaking. I just saw the alert on Twitter. Sergio Romo, they don't even know what they're doing with them <laughs> themselves. You know, is, is he going to open games? Is he going to close games? Like, they don't know. But he has picked up a couple saves, and he's actually done well with his opportunities. But prior to that, oh, my goodness. I don't even know why they had him opening games. He, he shouldn't have been pitching in games. <laughs> Uh, Chaz Rowe is another name to have on the list there in Tampa. He may end up getting moved as well, being a veteran and having a solid year, but he is also somebody that could take over that role if given the chance. Yeah, he's performed really well over the last two seasons. All right, let's head to Chicago. Brandon Morrow hurt himself taking off his pants. (laughs) I saw a tweet from him about tactical pants like the day after because (laughs) so many people were sending him pants ideas. Oh, man. And he was like, yeah, I can't wait for these to arrive. And it was was a good laugh there. But... (laughs) What are the other options in Chicago that people should look for? Is Wilson an option? C-Shack? If Edwards wasn't on the DL at this point, it would just be his job. They'd give it right, outright to him. But I, I would agree with that. Wilson, uh, he's been bad ever since the Tigers have traded him over at the trade deadline last year. Uh, C-Shack has the experience to do it. I, I know if they were to hand him the keys, he, he would, would succeed. He's had a great year this year. Uh, and Pedro Strope's a name to watch out for. He's been he's been solid this year. Not maybe not as good as Cishek, but Cishek should be the guy, especially after Strope's blow up. I don't really think they're going to give him that opportunity. Uh, in Cincinnati, I think it was yesterday. He gave up four runs, three walks. It was just a huge blow up. Only recorded two outs. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm kind of hoping he comes back real soon because that uh, that bullpen behind him isn't that great. Yeah. Morrow, with the Dodgers last year, he was a setup guy. He kind of reinvented himself. 
Like he yeah. went from being uh, a multiple pitch starter to just being able to uncork everything with a few pitches out of the bullpen and was lights out for you guys last year. Last year, he was great. <laughs> I mean, in the World Series, he just got tired. Oh, right. So did, so did Kenley. That's Chicago bullpen. I, I just wish Edwards were healthy. It'd be a lot clearer for everybody. But c should get the job. I see no reason why they shouldn't give it to him. All right. Let's head to probably the weakest bullpen out of the topics today. Kansas City. They trade Kelvin Herrera to the Washington Nationals for a handful of prospects. And who is left? <laughs> it's, oh man, they, Kansas City's bullpen is just, it's truly a mess. Herrera was the only good pitcher that they had until, I mean, they've just been screwed. Um, Tim Hill is the guy that looks to be taking over. He's a lefty. Uh, Brennan Marr has I mean, a little bit of experience. And Kevin McCarthy, he's just, he, he's their, maybe their seventh inning guy at this point, And he's not great either. It's just it. Kansas City is such a bad team this year that this situation doesn't even matter. I don't even know if I touched Tim Hill in most leagues, uh, only if you're desperate for saves. I was desperate for saves this weekend. Didn't even place a zero bid on him. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if he's worth it. Seriously, I. He kind of came out of nowhere. He's not a name that everybody knows. Most teams carry, you know, a guy with at least some closer experience or high leverage experience. But Kansas City just doesn't because they're that bad of a team at this point. Well, you got to figure they've they've lost everybody either to yeah. free agency or trade. The the Wade Davises and the Holland. Just, that was a great they've, bullpen. They've run out of everybody. They're just yeah. You're exactly right. So let's speculate a little bit here. The the Phillies bullpen with Neris being demoted to AAA to work out some bugs. Dominguez is there. Is he the front runner? I like Sir Anthony Dominguez. He, he was great. He's been really solid all year. So does Idubre Ramos. I don't know if, I mean, you can't really do a committee with them because they're both right-handed pitchers. But to me, they're very similar. Either one of them could take it and run with it. But the way Gabe Kapler runs his team, he really doesn't have a clear picture himself in the ninth <laughs> inning. No, he does not. Although Dominguez, he's just been basically lights out. The ERA, 2.28. The whip, 0.72, which is extremely impressive. He does not walk a lot of guys. Ramos is solid, though, too. He's been great all year. I know I had him rostered in a couple leagues uh, earlier this year. But yeah, Neris going down was probably the best thing that could happen for the Phillies because he wasn't performing. And they have two young guys, Ramos and Dominguez, that could easily take over. So with the Rockies being as bad as they are, is there a chance Wade Davis gets moved? I like the Rockies team. I think there's a couple guys that could improve and they might find themselves in the wild card mix with the behind the dodgers and the diamondbacks i'm i don't know how well they're gonna do but if davis gets moved Otto Vino, he's been one of the best relievers in baseball this year i agree there is i it depends obviously on how the rockies do from here on out but davis there's a chance he gets moved there definitely is texas is another team that could be and will be selling off pieces here really soon. Um, Beltre's even being bandied about. A couple different teams have inquired on him. 
So their main trade chip in the bullpen is Keona Kella. I don't know who would take over for him outside of maybe Jake Diekman. I... Uh, if if Kella gets moved, he most likely will just because he is their most valuable trade piece at this point. We know how closers and uh, and starters get moved for decent prices. Matt Bush, I don't know if they look at him as an option anymore. Diekman has probably been the best reliever outside of Kella. I mean, he might even be the best reliever, period. Uh, pretty much. There's not much else there for the vultures of Major League Baseball to swoop in and pick apart in that bullpen. All right. Well, Daniel, thanks for joining me. All right. Tell thank everybody you. where they can find you again. All right. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Dan J. Preciado. Sweet. Thank you for joining us. Everybody stay tuned because coming up after the break, we are going to be talking young starting pitchers you should have on your radar. Has your fantasy baseball team ever caught the injury bug and it cost you your shot at winning your league's prizes? If so, look no further than Rotoshurance, the leader in fantasy sports insurance. Their insurance coverage can save you your league's investments with policies as low as $1.50 a season. Be sure to use the promo code FFO in all caps throughout the season to show your support for the show. Just visit rotosurance.com. That's R-O-T-O-S-U-R-A-N-C-E.com. Simply select your sport, your league's entry fees, and choose the players you want to insure. Don't lose your money this season due to unforeseen injury and protect your team at rotosurance.com. All right, and as we get back to it, this segment, we are going to be talking about young starting pitchers to have on your radar. And with me this segment is Dave. Dave, introduce yourself a little bit. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, Dave Anderson here. Find me on Twitter at the Diablo 27 all one word. Thanks for having me. Sweet. So we were we were discussing off air here some of these young starting pitchers. Um, you've got some on your squads. I've got some on mine. So we've got eight names here. Six of them are owned in under 50% of leagues, at least by ESPN. Let's kick it off here with Joe Musgrove. He was a reliever in Houston, really kind of took to the role and was traded for Garrett Cole to Pittsburgh. Uh, He's finally made his debut in 2018 a few weeks ago. And how has he looked? He has looked great in his first few starts. Uh, the velo has been up. I think it was. I think he, you know he started a handful of games for Houston. The velo went up as he went to the bullpen, and I, and I believe it stayed at sort of those bullpen levels. And that was real encouraging to me at the start when he looked like a you know potential ace. And that's fallen sort of by the wayside over the last few starts. And, and I have him in one a dynasty league. Starting to wonder whether I should start him. Yeah, so out of his six starts this year, his last two have come against Cincinnati and Arizona, allowed six and five runs. Ah, oh, man, I I would be benching him and riding out the bad period and see if he can get back to going six, seven innings and getting those quality starts, man. That's where his big draw is going to be. He's not a big strikeout guy. He can get five or six a, a start, but not that tie on the 
swinging strike rate even, he's barely at 10%. Yeah, 9.8%. He's getting guys to chase. I like that. Uh, you know, 32.2% swing rate. It seems like the first couple of innings have been doing him in in his last couple starts. And I know Cincinnati has a reputation for being really bad and a bad record and all that, but they have a tough lineup. And a lot of, you know, I hear several podcasts say, oh, it's a joke, start your pitchers against Cincinnati. But they have a, they have guys I fear. Scooter Jeanette, Votto, of course. Even Duvall on occasion. He killed uh, Patrick Corbin, as you well know, yeah. a few weeks, a couple weeks ago. I mean, they've got some guys with pop, Shebler, you know, especially when he's hot, which he's been quite often this year. And Winker, so Winker's a, a young bat, and he's finally come around and turned a corner here. Hit a grand slam the other day, has been pretty awesome on yeah. par the last couple weeks. He hit the Grand Slam right after they pulled my boy Kyle Hendricks out of there and I was charged <laughs> with three runs. So he's a guy that I would be stashing in a keeper scenario, even redraft this year. I'd, I'd bench him and ride him out a couple more starts and see what happens. Yeah, totally agree. I think the FIP and XFIP are interesting, you know, good, solid. 4.19 on the XFIP. I would expect that to come down. 3.5 FIP. I, I think he's a good pitcher he's essentially a rookie starter sort of in my opinion and he's only 25 it seems like he's been around for a long time but he really hasn't he's a definitely i wouldn't i certainly wouldn't drop it oh no i'm gonna hold him i'm gonna hold him and at least stream him but i think he'll be okay ray searage has done a lot of great things with pitchers over the years not quite as what Brent Strom has done in Houston, of course, a la Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, et cetera. But uh, Pittsburgh has a, they have a knack for turning mediocre pitchers into really good ones. All right. The next two guys here, they are on the same team and essentially competing for the same job had Reyes not re-injured his arm and been put on the DL for the rest of the year. Uh, Jack Flaherty and Luke Weaver. Love me some Jack Flaherty. Weaver kind of liked me some Luke Weaver. <laughs> Sometimes like some Luke Weaver. This last start was very encouraging. I will say that. 14 swinging strikes. Uh, those really haven't been there. He's failed to take advantage of good matchup. He gets hammered the third time through. Jeez, the OPS against the, let's see, third time through the order, it's 954 as opposed to 739 and 606 respectively, first and second time through the order. And I think he's only, he hasn't had a quality start in enough quite a while. He had reeled up two in a row, but other than that, I think he got maybe four in the season out of 16 starts. He just hasn't quite lived up to what I had hoped. Yeah, early in the year, he was the go-to favorite to keep that position. Flaherty came up, made some noise, went back to the minors, and they stuck with Weaver. Uh, I don't know why you would do that. I was surprised. I think a lot of people were. When I watched Luke Weaver, when he's on, he's he's got his, his change-up working. It looks really good, but a lot of times he just looks like he's laboring out there, trying to find the strikes, and nibbling, not being aggressive. And I think that's the opposite of Jack Flaherty. Flaherty, it seems, of the games I've watched, which are almost all of them, does not seem, it could be wrong if the data shows it, but it doesn't seem like he gets a ton of first-pitch strikes. But once he gets dialed in, I mean, he... You know, his velo usually sits around 93 to 95. He was throwing 96 in the seventh inning against the Brewers in his last start. Wow. Yeah, and, and he can dial it up occasionally. I've seen 96, 97 a few times, you know, not often. He was hitting the corners, and his slider was just nasty. And, you know, Weaver's more of a fastball changeup, kind of a show-me curveball, it seems. And, you know, I read something from Eno Saris, who 
said something to the effect of change-ups, even elite change-ups, aren't a huge swing and miss pitch. And, you know, that's kind of why I like Flaherty, because that slider is such a swing and miss pitch, and he's got a nice curveball to boot. Yeah, Flaherty has a 55% first strike. So-so, right? And Weaver is sitting at 61. Yeah, anything below 60 to me seems not all that great. (laughs) No. I mean, you have, what's elite these days? 66, 67% probably. Yeah, pretty close. That that does sort of worry me about Flaherty because he's had some duds. I mean, you know, against Miami, I thought that might be a good start, take advantage of the matchup. And he just didn't have a slider working that game. He was getting behind a lot of guys. You know, I don't care who the matchup is. These are major league hitters. If you're leaving stuff over the plate, they're going to hammer it. And, you know, it was a lot of singles. He kind of got babbit to death, as they say on CBS. Falling behind is just, oh, it's a bad idea. Flaherty, like I, we were talking about this before we got on the air. Uh, you know, Flaherty had, I think, four full counts, and he punched out all four of those. And against the Phillies, when he had the 13 strikeout game, it was something very similar. It was like, I think it was four or five full counts. He ended the, the bat with a strikeout in each one of them. So, that, so both of those games could have turned out very, very different. Very true. Now, this is a guy that you're pretty high on here. The rookie in Cleveland, Shane Bieber. What are you seeing out of him? I see command, command, command. And I see the ability to get a few more strikeouts than, you know, your typical pitch-to-contact guys, which I think he is probably going to be. His strikeout rate right now is a lot. I don't know what his percentage is, but his K per nine is, is you know, a small sample, of course, but uh, nearly 11. And I think I read that he's the first Cleveland pitcher since 1908 to record six strikeouts or more in their first three starts. And he's got three pitches that gets swings and misses. His fastball is good. It goes about 93, 94, can dial it up to 95. The slider against Detroit looked especially nasty. He had 18 swinging strikes in that game. The first two against the Twins, he had below 10, sort of my mark for a good swinging strike, strike rate game. But the Twins, they are among the lowest in terms of swinging strike offenses too so i give them sort of a mulligan on the twins are such a tough lineup to face they just are so aggressive and they hammer everybody for extra bases and he did okay against them but like i, like I told you before i i liken him to a sort of a young miles michaelis where he's always around the zone he didn't walk anybody in the minors he threw a lot of innings i think it was 173 two years ago and i think he can be a good source of quality starts and Tito francona likes to have his pitchers go because that bullpen is in shambles right now so i like you know like i said a miles michaelis in terms of ground balls right now he's doing you know he had close to 56 percent in the minors this year see a lot of ground balls pitching the contact but also he has the stuff to get some punch out yeah bieber is definitely a heavy control guy and that does allow for limited walks he's gonna help all around your teams right now um in the minors this year through two levels he had a 72 strikeout to six walk ratio yeah it's crazy i mean he didn't walk (laughs) when i said he didn't walk anybody i almost meant that literally yeah and i think a few of those walks came in like his last start in the minors because i think he was 65 to 3 heading into that one before he got called up yeah well i remember when he got called up for that first start all the twitterverse was going crazy about how this guy does not walk anyone he threw a he had a four pitch walk to start off i think it was the seventh on friday and i was like oh god he's hurt <laughs> Yeah, what is he doing here? Then he struck out a couple and got a weak pop out and and his shutout seven innings. Well, let's take a look at his teammate Adam Plutko. What are you seeing out of him? Oh my goodness! 
I don't know where to begin with him. <laughs> I, I wanna, I wanna believe, but you know, he's a guy that I have in a dynasty league, and he's a guy that I'm going to sit. I'm not gonna drop him, especially in a dynasty in a redraft league. I think he could probably find him. If, if I were to drop him today in a redraft, I'm sure I could get him back, no problem. I think he's gonna lose his his starting spot when Carrasco comes back, and he. Carrasco through a bullpen today, and I think he'll be back here probably next week. So, Beaver, as far as I, as last I read, Beaver and Pucko were fighting for that fifth spot. Now that Tomlin's thankfully out of there, and Beaver has shown so much more. He, I think he deserves that spot. Yeah, for sure. It looks like Plutko's going to get one more start and then head back to the minors. Yeah. That makes sense. He's only owned in 6% of ESPN leagues, so you'll definitely find him right. on waivers. <laughs> I think he's he's got the pedigree. I don't have his numbers in front of me from the minors or anything, but he's a good Indians prospect. And I, and I think in a, like, in a dynasty league, I'm going to hang on to him. I, you know, I got him for a dollar, so why not? And the Indians, you know, they have a good rotation. They know what they're doing with their pitchers. And, you know, he's he's shown flashes. He looks, he's looked good in a couple of games, but for now, you know, hard pass. Well, this other one that's a little confusing confusing here is Domingo Herman. He's been quite the roller coaster for those who bought into him. Including myself. Yeah, pretty ugly numbers on the surface. Uh, 5-4 ERA, a decent whip at 1-2-3. Lots of strikeouts, but he's got a little bit of a walks issue. He hasn't in his last few starts, which is encouraging. I think he's walked two guys in his last three starts or four starts maybe yeah it looks like the last four starts but he only he only lasted three innings in tampa bay right minus yesterday you know he'd had i think a 27 to 2 k to walk rate i think it was with three quality starts i believe 20 28 to 2 it looks like going into yesterday yeah so i'm not terribly concerned about the walks i'm what i'm more concerned about what so first of all let me say i think he's an incredibly talented pitcher i've got him in all four of my leagues actually and i'm not dropping him by any means he's supposed to start at boston in his next start but i think they might i read today that they might skip him just because of the standings and they want to get one of their better season pitchers in there against the red sox you know if he unless he has a couple more blow-ups i think he's too talented to let go i mean his swing strike rate is i believe he qualifies now and, you know, he only had five or so yesterday in his three innings, but it's up there. I mean, it's up there with the likes of Scherzer, Otani, Sale, Domingo Armand, 15.4%. That, to me, crazy. I mean, he had, the, what, 17 one game, 20-something another game. Yesterday, his breaking stuff was not break, period. I mean, everything he threw was right out over the plate. And Tampa Bay doesn't exactly have a medicinal lineup, but they were hammering it because it was right there. You and I could have hit home runs or doubles, at least. Yeah, easy. But, uh, you know, until you yesterday the whip was correcting itself to where i expected it to be so i think it was like 118 prior to that his excerpt right now is 361 and i and i can see him being a 335 360 or a pitcher when it's all said and done i can live with that in a roto league for sure and in a points league where you can use him as a relief pitcher or sorry, a spark as i don't know says yeah his walks issue has been going down he's down to under three per nine his k minus walk percentage is almost at 20 which is pretty decent for uh, the home run issue that he has. 
So, I mean, I mean, he's not getting Babbitt to death. 288, that's manageable. He does need sure. to strand more runners. Yeah. I mean, it's what, 63% yeah. right now? That's, I have to imagine that's going to normalize closer to 73 or something like that. But his stuff, I mean, I don't know if you've watched him when he, one of his good starts, when he is on his, I mean, he's got a three-pitch arsenal that a lot of, you know, veteran major leaguers, it takes years or sometimes never, just ask Chris Archer, you know, but to get three-pitch that can get multiple swings and misses and he's got it right now and that, that to me is very impressive but you know he's a rookie rookies you know even jack clarity whose numbers are fantastic every you know even the underlying stats are brilliant they're gonna have their bumps it just seems like domingo's had more than normal <laughs> for sure well he also has a teammate on this list who just through a pretty masterful game today. Jonathan Loisiga, 23-year-old, uh, through 14 innings. He's got an 11.57K per nine. Eesh, an ugly five walks per nine. 323 yeah. BABIP and a 58% ground ball rate. But his ERA is sitting at 193, FIP 225, and XFIP 272. So there's looking like an upside there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to like here. I don't have him on any teams, but I wish I did. Well, good thing for you. He is available in over 80% of leagues. Wow. Somebody picked him up in my main Roto League. I think they spent like $17 on him last Oof. week, which I thought was pretty high. We have a $200 budget, but still, I thought that was high, since, especially since nobody else bid on him. I just didn't have room. But, I mean, look at his K per nine through the minors. You know, 11, 11-7, 11-5, 9. It's, all, it's been above nine since he was an A-ball. Yeah. And that looks like, I think that's short A when he was below nine. But it's been close nine and a half to ten, nine and a half to close to twelve percent. I think the walks, the yeah, walks it, are. It doesn't appear like his walks issue started till he hit the bigs, so that yeah. should normalize really quickly. Yeah, I was just noticing that. I see five and change right now, and I'm seeing a lot of numbers in the ones prior to that. Yeah, and below, not a lot, not a ton of endings under his belt. Think. Uh, no, think he no, he's only got 14 this year at the bigs, but even in the minors, I mean, not the many. Minors, yeah. Has he had injury issues? I'm not sure. Well, he's only 23. I I don't ah. know. Well, whatever the case, you can get him on your way on waivers or few bucks and fab. I would highly recommend it. He's definitely somebody to stash. He's he's on my short list now. And he dominated the Phillies today for five and a third or something like that. He has no uh, no hitter going through five, and he was pulled at about, uh, I think it was about eighty five pitches. But my goodness, he looked good. He had one walk going into that inning. I think maybe walked one more, but one hit, a couple of walks. I think it was eight strikeouts. And yeah. the Phillies lineup was pretty formidable. All right, on to our last name here: the infamous Freddie Peralta. Uh, Ready. I'm starting him a little bit nervous. <laughs> Crossing your fingers. Oh. I've got too many rookies in the same team, but I like what I see from Freddie. I'm a little concerned about the pitch mix. It's fastball, fastball, lower fastball, different grip. It's kind of like a Patrick Corbin where he's got the the hard slider and the slow slider slash curveball. Yeah. Peralta's got the fastball, fastball, and then he uses, I read an article by Justin Mason, great, great guy, great writer, um, where he uses a different grip to draw the velo on it and, mm. and he kind of buries it like he would an off-speed pitch yeah so he's barely got a curveball i think I mean, it's too early to say right now 
who knows? He could throw, and that's what how Justin said in his article, he might throw 70% curveball next time out, but I highly doubt it. But his strikeout potential is through the roof. What concerns me are the walks. I mean, if you look at his walk rate throughout his minor league career and even in the majors, it's been good. And what, he's had three starts? is bad against the Twins in a terrible weather day, so I'll give him a little bit of a pass on that, uh, where he got knocked around a little bit, but I mean, the strikeout, they've been high at every level. What he did for the Rockies was amazing to me, especially on 90% fastballs. Yeah, and at Coors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, mean, every... I don't start, any, I, I don't start <laughs> anybody at Coors. Just about it, almost anybody. And I certainly wouldn't have started a rookie making their debut, and what he did was just astounding. Yeah. All of his starts have been on the road this week. Tomorrow is his first start at home. Luckily, it's against Kansas City. Yeah, I thought that yesterday with Garrett Cole, too, but he didn't give me the quality start. He didn't give me the quality start because he, they fouled off 27 pitches there. Ooh, rather man. pesky team. But, yeah, I mean, I think Freddie Peralta is a guy. I think he's one of their best three or four pitchers for sure. I don't know why he is not a fixture in that lineup, frankly. I would agree with that. He's somebody that— or in that rotation. I, I don't know if they're monitoring his uh, workload this year or what, but he definitely needs to be getting some major league experience and a heavy dose of it. I mean, they've they've had so many starters that have been out. Oh, completely agree. You know, I, I really think they should have traded Domingo Santana for some arm in the offseason, and they'd be in a lot better spot, but they haven't. And then, you know, they're rolling out Brent Suter, and you know, Chassin has actually been really good most of the time. And and especially of late, let's let's dive into that a little bit. It's been known the last few starts that he began throwing a split finger. Yeah, which I read that he like learned it the day before. Or something yeah, like that. and then threw it like twenty some times in that game, and all of a sudden his numbers spiked. Yeah, uh, that's really impressive. I, I have him in a 17-team Roto League because I've got a couple guys hurt and pitching is just in a 17-team league. You just have to take what you can get, more or less. Mm, yeah. Up until the debacle of yesterday, he's been really great. I mean, they typically, oftentimes it seems like they'll pull him prior to six innings. I don't think they want him going three times through the order. But, you know, he does occasionally if they have a lead, I think. Um, but he's been good. You know, I, I think the, the splitter, the cutter, whatever he's throwing, I've heard it's a relatively easy pitch to learn, but what he did in a day or something to me is pretty amazing. Yeah. And the result, and he's getting better results. Well, minus yesterday, but yeah, uh, right. <laughs> that was that was an ugly one yesterday. But against yeah, that, Chicago, yeah. against Pittsburgh, he's been pretty decent. Pittsburgh is tough on righties, too. I don't think they get enough credit for that, but they've got some good left-handed bats in that lineup. But, you know, back to... Back to Freddie. I, I, I think, you know, I think he's making two starts this week against Casey and the Reds, I believe it is. I don't remember where the, I don't know where the at home or away for Cincy. But I have to think that if he shows well, you know, has a decent week in his two starts, I, I have to think they're going to find a way to get him in their rotation. Uh, you would hope so. I mean, he's 22 years old. They should be able to find some space for him. Yeah, maybe he needs a little more seasoning in the minors. I don't know. Figure out that help. You know, maybe tweak a mechanical issue to get the walks down. I mean, if you look at his look at that walk per nine throughout his minor league career, it's off the charts. Oh, and he was a Mariner prospect. I live in Seattle, and it seems like <laughs> the Mar- Mariners trade away every decent player we've ever had. Well, that's that's that whole thing. Like a prospect is a prospect is a prospect. 
prospect until they're not. Totally agree. If I were a GM, I'd be trading prospects left and right, too. You know, how many of them work out? Not all that many. With prospects, you kind of have to know, especially pitchers, you have to say, is this guy an ace? If he's not a number one or a number two, then they're dealable. Yep, totally agree. Generally, you're going you're gonna to develop threes and fours that you can deal or use fill in on your major league rotation but you really want to keep the ones and twos yeah and and, you know i think bieber will probably end up like a three or four i don't think he's gonna blow you know i don't think he's gonna wear any cy youngs anytime soon i think flarity is well not with kluber in that rotation no i mean i'm just saying like (laughs) you know take away the team contacts put him on any team i don't think he's gonna be your ace I think Flaherty does have that potential. I'm not sure about Bieber. I, I know I just there's just a lot we don't know about him. But the command, the way he attacks the strike zone, he's always around the zone. From what I've seen, he hasn't been getting hammered down the middle. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it seems like a lot of soft contact when he has been hit. So I, I'm encouraged, and I like the fact that he has three pitches that he can get to and misses on. Peralta, it's interesting because he doesn't. I mean, he's got the fastball and the curveball, which you know he doesn't throw all that often. I don't think 14 percent i believe and he's barely throws a change up that's probably even misclassified by paragraphs i'm guessing it's this kind of slow fastball that's my guess yeah um, it takes a little but, bit to uh calibrate it for their pitchers but i am really curious uh if you haven't read that piece by if you just go to his page on Fangraphs, you'll see Justin's piece. It's, called, it's titled uh, Freddie peralta's fastball oh jeff zimmerman wrote it sorry oh um, jeff yeah i'm I believe he's in my fantasy, great fantasy baseball invitational league, and oh, kind of, cool. kind of kicking my butt. I believe. Yeah, he's very good at this stuff. Yeah, read his, read that article. I encourage anyone listening to read that article too. It's really interesting. I've never heard about a pitcher manipulating. Apparently, it's not all that uncommon, but the way he manipulates the grip to get different speeds and you know vary it to try to sort of make it look like a slider or an off-speed pitch. I think that's really interesting. So I think he's a guy, you know, I would start him against KC tomorrow. I am. So, you know, wish, wish us luck. But, you know, if you want to hold the rookie for a little while with the, the very small pitch mix or small arsenal, I would I would certainly wouldn't drop him. For sure. All right, Dave, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, you find me on twitter at uh, the diablo 27 it's a long story behind the name i'm happy to tell you just send me a tweet i have had a few drinks at yankee stadium and went to have <laughs> stupidity on my end <laughs> oh boy all righty dave thank you for joining us yeah thanks so much for having me it's great all right, as we wrap things up today, as always, you can find me, Jeremy, at Front Office Jer. Follow Todd at Goldie Happens. Follow Phil at The Baseball Jedi. And of course, follow Keith at Fantasy underscore Keith. Check out what our writers are doing over at FanFrontOfficePodcast.com. And of course, follow the podcast at FanFrontOffice. And as we're hitting Independence Day, be looking to shake up your rosters and make some moves. 